Well, good morning, friends. Here we are just a few days from Christmas, and so I just want to start out by saying Merry Christmas. I hope that uh, today brings you blessings. The, the opportunity is to join with church family, or even if you're still at home, and, and just the idea that uh, the long-awaited day of Christmas that uh, we've celebrated year after year is, is just on the verge of taking place. And so from uh, Angie and I, we just pray that uh, in your home, you find the peace, joy, love, and hope that is in Christ alone. Uh, today we're going to continue on our, our messages of the gifts of Christmas, and we're going to be in the Gospel of John, and as well as in his epistles. And uh, it, it might be seem a little bit different, uh, because oddly enough, John doesn't um, give the traditional uh, story of the babe in the manger, or, or anything of that, but yet he is known himself as the apostle of love because what he speaks of over and over and over again is the love of God given to mankind. And so because of that, John is every bit um, the story of Christmas uh, because of the way he speaks of God's love for us and that is exactly what Christmas is all about. And we're going to talk about that today. Uh, if you've been with us since the 1st of December, uh, many of you would notice that uh, what we've been pretty much doing is just following the traditional church Sundays of Advent. You know, on the 6th we talk about peace, the 13th joy, and today we're going to move into biblical love. And I, I know that the, the churches that are, are following us and using our messages still, uh, Miller Christian Church and Baroque, they're both going through Advent. And so it's just an exciting time that we talk about these gifts of Christmas then uh, that God brings to us. Um, just as a side note, you probably would notice also that we didn't begin at the end of November with hope, as, as the church would have, uh, primarily because we decided here that we'd like to save that for the very last Sunday of 2020. Uh, because what better way to end this year, especially this year, uh, than on a note of hope. And so I think that seemed quite appropriate, and so that's what we'll be talking about uh, next week. But I want to start just by reading the initial scripture that we have listed for you today. And that comes from John chapter 1. And it's just verse number 14. And it just really is going to set the mood, or and I shouldn't say the mood. It really sets the uh, trajectory of, of our conversation about God's love for us. And in verse number 14 of the Gospel of John chapter 1, the word of the Lord says this, The word became flesh. Now the word is a capital W and most of you would know that they're speaking of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. When John says that we have seen his glory, uh, John was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. He was friends with Jesus. He walked with Jesus for uh, three years. Uh, he, he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. So as an eyewitness, John is writing these things that he begins this chapter, or excuse me, this book, the gospel, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus was in the beginning. And the Word was God. Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. And he was with God in the beginning. John, an eyewitness who knew Jesus personally, spoke to him face to face in a physical form, came to a point in his life where he says, this is God. 
And He's reporting these things to us. Going back to that understanding of Advent. Advent is a time then of celebration. Because we are looking back with full knowledge, just as John did, that God Himself came to earth. But the full understanding or the full meaning of Advent then is, is we also are living in anticipation. Because just as we know that He came to earth the first time, we are fully confident that He will fulfill His promise that He is going to come again to right every wrong. And so thirdly, as you might assume that if we are living in anticipation of anything, really, then there is always a time of waiting. And that is a time of expectation. Because we know these things to be true. And so today, those are the key words that I'd like to have uh, spend our time discussing. Uh, in God's love, we live in celebration, anticipation, and expectation. And I think this is an important note that I'd like to put as we head into this, that with all things, these actions, these celebration, anticipation, expectation, all these are precipitated by and because of God's love for us. And so to fully understand and, and, and re, really rely completely on God's Word, we must. And so what we speak of today is not something that I've concocted to try to make a good speech to you or a time together or just uh, repeating things that we've heard over and over and over and through the Advent season and through all the Christmases that we had. But it is, this is the very Word of God. Because we can't get anywhere unless we understand what He is saying about love. I know I, so many times I've said to you, Read your Bible, and, and, and the reason there's good reason, because we can talk over and over about these things, but until you open God's Word and allow the Holy Spirit to interpret it to you, uh, then there's going to be a breakdown, and we're just not going to quite get there. And so with all of that, let's look at first, let's move from chapter 1 of John through the Gospel to chapter 3, and we'll move over to verse 16, 21, and read through 21. And this is the celebration. This is what we look behind, look past, that we know has already taken place. And really, through John 3.16, most people, lots of people would be able to just kind of just throw that out there because we all know it. For God so loved the world, right? That's where it starts. This is the Christmas story. This is, has everything to do with Christmas. This isn't the babe in the manger because the babe in the manger was not the start of anything. The story of Christmas began long, long before that, just as John has already said, in the beginning was the Word. And so we read this passage from John 3.16, and I'm just going to go all of it, uh, 16 through 21, and then we'll come back and talk about it just a bit. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. 
But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. <coughs> Excuse me. So the understanding in here is God so loved the world. First and foremost, everything is precipitated because and of God's love. And out of his love, he gave. But he didn't just give in a nominal way to try to coax us along. He gave everything. In fact, he gave his one and only son. The importance of this passage is that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. These aren't words that I've made up to try to convince you of anything, but it's what God says is the truth. He speaks in facts and says, If you believe, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. I know that a lot of the idea is that we can believe in, in just a, 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 the worldly understanding. Yeah, I believe in that. But in this very same chapter, Jesus is speaking, chapter 3 of John, Jesus is speaking to a religious figure, a man who believed in God for sure, named Nicodemus. And he came to Jesus and spoke to him about the, the, the mysteries of, of life, of, of what it takes to get to heaven and all these things. And Jesus says, you must be born again. It's not that you get your act together or things change for you in a good way, but Jesus says that on the, on, with the understanding of John 3.16. If you believe in Jesus Christ, the one and only Son, you will have eternal life, but it's not a nominal um, thing that we work for or say that we believe, but it is a life-transforming life relationship with God, born on the cross because of the Son. God so loved that He gave everything, and He gave His Son. So we move on to, if you would, from chapter 3, we'll move from John to chapter 14 of John. And we're going to stop there because we're going to speak about the anticipation. So the celebration is John 3.16, that Jesus, God himself, has come to earth and he's been here. That is the Christmas story. But the Christmas story also continues in John chapter 14 because that is where we find our anticipation of the other side of Advent. We know that he came but we know that he's coming back. In John chapter 14, the heading on my Bible, and it probably is something like that for yours, says Jesus comforts his disciples. Now what's taking place here is that Jesus' Jesus's earthly ministry is coming to an end, and his disciples are starting to get the picture that things are about to change in a big way. And so they get nervous, and so God, as he does in his love, he wants to comfort those who he loves, the people that are closest to him. And he says these words in verse 1 through 4. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus, said, Jesus stands here on this side, the fulfillment of all of Scripture, that salvation was coming to the world through the Messiah. That is the understanding of the celebration. He came and He did the work of salvation while He was here. 
But now he says he's going away to prepare a place, but he is coming back. Interestingly enough, that verse number four, something that we need to think about in the clear, with clarity is that he said, you know the way because you know me. <laughs> we just can't get away from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. You see, this Christmas gift here, there is no gift exchange. <laughs> this is an either-or gift that God gave. In fact, is this is the way, this is the only way, because Jesus says so. Remember, this is God speaking. If you believe that this is the word of God, then hear what he says next. Because Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, and whoever believes in him will never perish, but will have eternal life. I am the way, Jesus says. So in his love, God came to earth, and in his love, he gave complete clarity, the understanding that he provided for our eternal security. So we live in celebration that he came and resting surely in his promise to come back, we live in anticipation. And so we're going to move over to John, First John, chapter four now. John wrote the gospel. He wrote three epistles, and he wrote the book of Revelation, all the way through speaking of God's love. And so, if we could, on our way to First John, um, right next door to First John, is Second Peter. And I want to just take a, a stop over there just really quick because I think it will be help us kind of a, a segue between the understanding of our celebration, anticipation, and then the expectation. Because uh, here, here, let me just read what it says here. As we wait then, how do we wait? Well, this is what God says. Don't forget this. One thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I wanted to read this because in our expectation, our waiting, the time between the then and the future, our effort is to get in step with what God is up to. He's, what he's up to is being in love, patient with mankind in our failures and our missteps, in our slowness to understand. You know, this week I was thinking about a song, as I often do, and some of you might remember it, and if not, you younger people can certainly Google it. But in 1965, a young gal, a then young gal, named Jackie DeShannon wrote a song. 
And, and she looked around her world at that time. And in America, she saw war and she saw political strife like no other. She saw racial tension, uh, the civil rights movement that had everybody on edge. She would soon see people, she'd already seen a president assassinated and people like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Bobby Kennedy would fall the same way, out of love, or hate, excuse me, out of hate. And so she looked around that world and she says, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, and it's the only thing that there's just too little of. And I, I think about her world is what I thought. And there's really no different headlines than today. And so God is patient. God is kind. God is loving. Because since that time, 55 years ago, 55 Advents ago, 55 Christmases ago, millions of preacher sermons, millions and millions of souls passing through this world. And things still sound the same as they did in 1965. And so how should we live expectantly? Well, I think if we believe in the Son, if we truly believe, if we know the transformed life of being born again, the eternal life that is promised through Him, and then the most certainly we would know fully where we were headed had God not so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. And if we fully grasp that, then how on earth could we withhold introducing that love of God to others? And so we live expectantly. So if you move over just a couple more pages in your Bible, 1 John chapter 4, I want to talk about verses 7 through, um, I think we're only going to cover about through 16 on this. But nonetheless, let's talk about God's love one more time and this idea that we live in an expectant life. In verse number 7 of chapter 4, 1 John says, Dear friends, let us love one another. How do we wait? What do we do while we wait for His return? Well, we love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. <laughs> this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God is love. This is the Christmas story, isn't it? And so love is God, and God is love. And so in other words, love is the fundamental characteristic of who God is. And so if we know God, then we have to be confident that everything that God does is influenced and motivated by His love. Not motivated by people who are do, trying to do good, or people that are even are good, but because of His love for the world. God showed His love. So our understanding is of what God's love is, is a word that I hope you look up and many of you would have heard of already. 
and it's called agape love. When the Bible speaks of God's love, it's not the Hollywood type of understanding or the worldly understanding of emotional love, but God's love is unconditional and sacrificial. And so how do we wait then? Well, like our God, if his love is, fundamental, is a fundamental characteristic of who he is, his redeemed and transformed people most certainly must give that exact kind of love out to the world. I think that's where John goes then in verse number 11. He says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I think this is the love that Jackie DeShannon was really looking for. Because apart from God's love, what John is saying, we really cannot understand the depth and the mercy and the grace that has been given us. And if we don't understand that, it's impossible for us to give it out to anyone else. Verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Born again, the story of Nicodemus conversation with Jesus. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Oh, holy night. <laughs> if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, anyone who believes will not perish, but will have eternal life. Then God lives in him, and he in God. And so we know and we rely on the love of God for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. While we wait, we rest in God's love, trusting in the foundational truth of the providential creator of all things. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Fully believing and relying on what God says to be true, is true. And so while we wait, our efforts must then be to mirror that godly characteristic in everything that we do, in everyone that we meet, and everyone that we have opportunity to influence for the real, lasting, eternal love. Because He came, He lives, and He is coming again we celebrate, we anticipate, and we expect it to happen any time, and so we love at all times. Not because we did, but because he loved us first. And so friends, I pray this week, as we build up to Friday, Christmas Day, that as individuals who know Jesus Christ to be God, to be the Son of God, to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah, not just the babe in the manger, but the one that stood before time and then came to earth and is coming again. If it's another 55 years before Jesus comes back, good, because that gives us opportunity. If it's another 1,055, then praise Him. 
because that many more souls will hear of the saving grace and love of God. And so I imagine for this week that what I would ask of you is that each and every one of us pray that our hearts are awakened to the truth. Not just of the babe in the manger, but the extraordinary love of God that we understand it fully and so that we can give that gift of Christmas not just one day a year, but every second of every year until he calls us home or he returns. Have a great Christmas, folks. Next week we're going to be finishing up the year, really, and finishing up the gifts of Christmas with hope. If you want to look ahead, Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 through 18 would be a great place to start. So my friends, we just love you. And thank you so much for joining us. And we just hope that this is the most blessed Christmas that you ever remember. Take care. And if God is willing, we'll see you soon.